This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Kane is in the building. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Tip of the Tire podcast. With me today, uh, Austin Owens, who is back from his uh, one podcast vacation. Yeah, give me some time off. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you being Mr. Big Time on the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. Well, details. Details, yeah. This guy's showing off Snapchats again, coffee for Stephen A. Smith. I'm, I'm flexing a bit on social, I'm not going to lie. Just a little bit, just a tad. This is this is my time in the sun, and then I go back to, you know, just sitting in my basement for the next little while, as bloggers do. <laughs> and uh, of course, Jake Middleton joining us. Uh, Jake, two podcasts in a row. Yeah, your fees it's a new getting, streak. Yeah, Woo. fees getting a little expensive, though. I will say. You're on the heater, pal. Yeah, there we go. Um. All right. So we are now officially two games through the NBA Finals. Game three will be technically tonight because we're recording this at midnight. Um, what are your early impressions of the series? I'm a little bummed that they didn't take advantage of game two the way I think they should have, but I'm still optimistic going into game three. Jake, you want to hop on that first? Yeah, no, I mean, I was really mad that they lost that game. They, I, like, I don't know. They played so badly. Like, they played so, so, so badly. And it was a two-point game with, what, 30 seconds left? Yep. And they had a horrible shooter hit a take a, t- take a three, and he can't shoot. Like, I mean, and they, if he misses that, they would have grabbed, they also, they almost caught a steal, but if, Iguodala misses that like he normally does, then they're basically their game winner away from being up two nothing, or they could have tied it. I'm pretty sure they were down what two. They were yeah, down eight to five. Yeah. I mean, if Kawhi makes the steal on that, he's got a wide open layup. It's a tie game. We're going OT, but that's an F. Uh, I mean, in I mean, as a great. whole, though, like. Oh, Jake cut off. Did we lose Mr. Middleton? We might have lost him. Oh, I hear him. Oh. Well. Well, one thing I'll say, just to echo on Jake's point about uh, Curry. We'll get Jake back in a second. I think he's going to, his connection just a little wonky. But uh, the one thing about Curry is that um, 
that should have been a travel. The final, like, yeah, that should have been I, a turnover. But it wasn't. It was. I don't know if it's just me. It wasn't that egregious. Like at the time, well, I didn't even know. We're not, but we're not focused on that. We're focused on the ball, right? Uh, Jake, exactly. We got you back, buddy. Yeah. All right. I need to decide. So, to yeah, I don't know. On. It's. I mean, it would have been nice to get the call on that, but traveling such a. I mean, unless they're never they're never calling traveling on. No, unless so. it's so blatant that they don't have a choice. Yeah, like Le- like LeBron basically walking up the court, Russell Westbrook fucking walking up the court. Jeremy Lin, the cut was it last year or year before that? <laughs> like twelve steps to go to the hoop. He like shuffled from the three point line. Bradley Beal, <laughs> they didn't call that one. Traveling is such a just. However, they're feeling that night, and that's sort game. of how it feels. Tra- most traveling is also such a hindsight call. Yeah. Like, like remember that in uh, I think it was the college college NCA final where they're like, well, he missed a travel. It's like, yeah, because you had Gene Steratore say it was a travel like five minutes after the fact. <laughs> you got to look at twelve different angles and decide it's not that easy for the refs. But no, I mean when when you don't when you score three points in the first six minutes of the third quarter. And in the final five minutes of the quarter, you only put up ten points, and your opponent puts up three. Like you don't deserve to win. No, they miss no. way too many open shots, taking way too many jump shots. I don't. I like. I still have no. With the way the refs were yesterday, I don't. Or yesterday on Sunday, I have no idea why they didn't go to the rim just at will. Like they were probably going to get called. Right yeah. at the end of that stretch, where it was. Uh what was it, the 24-to-1 stretch? I mean, Kawhi was drawing fouls. He was taking contact. So he was trying, but they just didn't end up sticking with it. From the, And that's – I don't have anything to add on to what you said. You're honestly 100% right. It's just – it's one of those games. It's like the Warriors didn't really win that one. It's the Raptors lost more so. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors did – did generate. They played well. They did. They they took advantage of the Raptors. Yeah, just I'm absolutely. not. I'm not going to say the Warriors just weren't good and the Raptors were worse. The Warriors played their game well, and yeah. every single basket in the second half was assisted on. I mean, they were fantastic. Didn't they but, have an assist on every basket except yeah. for like four or something? No, 22 baskets, all 22. I'm saying the, the whole half. game. The oh whole yeah, game. no, it was ridiculous. So I mean, they they played their game. It's but I mean. You're way too, way too many layups, too. They gave them way too many yeah, layups. They were giving I, up counted, I counted six in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's But, like, still, if if you were to tell me before that game that I, the Warriors are one of the best offensive units, definitely in the NBA, but, like, in the history, they're one of the most yeah. effective offensive units of all time. And if you were to tell me that that unit would be held to three points and that three points would come with two seconds left on the clock or ten seconds left uh, in the last five minutes of a quarter, I mean, you take that every day. Oh, yeah. You definitely The Raptors do. just didn't close out. I think, you know, that that was the part that was uh, encouraging to me is that yeah. they made the adjustments defensively. They just, their offense is what's going to be the the thing that sinks them. I don't like yeah, the defense you don't want to you don't want to see those moments where the lapses and you're allowing the layups or the easy uh, access to the basket, you know, especially to the rim. But what I saw was also they decided, okay, if we're going to win this game in the for, like in the fourth, we have to lock them down. And they did exactly that. It's just you can't lock them down without doing doing it the other way on the offensive side. So 
Um, yeah. I know Kyle Lowry fouling out didn't doesn't help either. Um, but at the same time, he's just one guy. You know, I think there was other guys that I mean, Pascal. I think we we saw a magnificent effort in Game One, Game Two. Tough to replicate what he did. Like you're not going to shoot eighty percent, eighty percent or more from the field. Like I, I, you rarely see that. So I think things like that are going to be, you know, you got to find other ways to get your offense going and not just relying on a guy like Pascal, uh, Fred to knock down impossible shots. Although he had some, he made some of his open looks, uh, and you don't want, you, you just don't want to rely on that. You want to have something that's sustainable. Golden State, in a way, did. They found the, you know, guys to step up when uh, Clay went out. Uh, his status is going to be very key, I think, going into game three. He was massive in that game. Game two, oh my god. He was killing the Raptors. Well, it's it's just the way that the Warriors operate. It's not just yep. one guy. It's... It's a group effort thing. Um, I mean, it's no surprise. It's not like, oh, man, Clay Thompson got hot. Where did that come from? It's, Clay Thompson's had, what, 25, 36 quarter, point quarters before? Like, the guy can just go off on a snap of a finger. It's just, it's ridiculous. But that's what you're dealing with the Warriors is they're the most potent offense in the league. But they also haven't faced a defense like the Raptors, I don't think, in the playoffs. No, they haven't. They haven't faced uh, a defense like the Raptors. I think that's something they they are realizing is, you know, they're they're trying to figure out what this what the Raptors style is. They don't know what it is. They kind of did in game one, and that's why they made the adjustments in game one. But I think in game two, you you saw they they were they were better prepared for for the yeah. for what the Raptors had to offer. Jake. What's up? Now, I'm going to ask you, um, going into game three, what's something that you're encouraged that the Raptors can do heading into game three that maybe they didn't do in the last game? Um, oof. So that they can do? I mean, I'd be encouraged the fact that it was a two-point game down the stretch and you got virtually nothing out of anybody but Kawhi and Fred. That was the only guys like Kyle Lowry. He has to completely adjust to the refereeing. Like the thing that's, I guess, to a fault is that Cupboard, uh, Kyle is just so stubborn, and he needs to stop thinking refs are going to adapt to him because you have to assume they're morons because they are. Like I, I still have no idea how these fucking refs, these shit refs, are just all put together. Like, he, he got six fouls way too quickly. And it just takes him out of his rhythm because he's he can't, you know, be in rhythm. Yeah, I'm worried about staying in the game and actually playing well. Yeah, exactly. So it got it got to the point there. And he also had a couple of really stupid fouls. Yeah, I heard the last couple ones. I missed some of the third quarter. Like, the was... sixth foul was a yeah. foul. Like, he tried to be sneaky and... Uh, was it a reach-in? Yeah. Uh, well, he, he, like, uh, Cousins got a rebound and he didn't see him coming. And he just went over, and Boogie moved his hand, and he went to slap the ball, and he slapped him right on the hand. Oh, it was a yeah. foul. I live. Oh crap. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's not a whole lot. Just hit your shots. I mean, it sounds it's easier said than done. Honestly, 
I don't know what more you can really say to that point. The Raptors didn't take advantage of the Warriors. Not I think you just got to protect the paint. You got to make yeah. them hit jump shots. I mean, That's... this is when they're fully healthy. They got three of the most nuclear shooters ever. But right now, they, they got one man. They one. got one, maybe two guys that can consistently hit shots. I mean, fucking Quinn Cook, great. Had a nice little game. He hit back-to-back threes. That's not sustainable. No. Make no. him make him do that all the time. I mean, did you notice when they played that box box plus one defense, and he got some open like when they make all they did they have to do what they did in Milwaukee. They have to turn these catch and shoot guys into off the dribble shooters, because no, the only person that can create his own shot is Steph. I don't even think Clay can create his own shot. No, he's more catch and shoot. Yeah, he, he is definitely. I think what it also comes down to is you tell the you tell the Warriors we're not letting you in the paint as you said you're gonna have to you're gonna have to actually take shots and you know I agree with you guys that took shots like you don't expect them to step up the way they did like Quinn Cook let's be real here he's not gonna torch the Raptors like he did um, you know in Game Two and you know I am thinking now you know Clay Thompson if he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, that's good. And uh, that's another thing. Watching him walk out after that game, I have no idea how he's going to be able to play. Hey, hey, if he wants to play, if I'm the Raptors, you're, you're challenging him. I'm making him run off screens. I'm making him move. Yeah. Whoever's on him, just do what Steph Curry does. Just run him around. Exactly. Quick cuts, all that. Cut back door. I mean, that's just making him move laterally on that hamstring. It's not going to be fun. He's probably not going to be wanting to drive into to the basket like he did, you know, in the first two games. So you you have to take advantage of that. And look, Kevin Durant is also going to miss Game Three. Um, yeah, he was out, I, on, he was on out that on that, I, I think he's done until minimum six or seven. Yeah, I don't see any way he plays. He was out the other day, though. I did watch a little bit of him shooting around at the Scotiabank Arena. Was he moving, though? He was doing um, mostly, like, just jump shots around the elbow. Was he jumping? Not really. Does he jump? Like, how high is his jump on his jump shot? Pretty, like, pretty he good. He gets pretty pretty good It's not like Draymond high, though, is it? Like, I know he jumps pretty high. No, I mean, he's... It, it's like a... In, in, the, like difference, a in the difference between, like, Steph and Marcus Gasol, he's about in the middle. He was shooting shots, but he definitely wasn't. Yeah, it was probably like a Marcus Hall where he gets maybe like a couple inches off the ground. Yeah, like he wasn't going full on his shot. Then that's he's not he's not ready. Like if he's not able to get up on his shot, then he's 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 not going to be that ready. That was that was also ahead of game two though, and that was the first time he'd been back out on the floor since he was injured, well, at least as far as I know. But I think the thing that we always think about how his offense is it's also defensively too because he's got to be able to. Keep oh, yeah. up with guys, and you know when you have a calf, hamstring injury, it's the cuts, it's the you know the running as Jake mentioned back and forth. You can't if he's not able to sustain that, he's in trouble. He's he cannot be a fact. He won't be a factor, and that's being, what being long is only going to help you so much. Oh yeah, yeah I mean. I think defensively he's kind of overrated because, you know, he is so long and he's so athletic that it allows him to, like, kind of cheat on blocks and mm-hmm. steals. He's not, like, an elite on-ball defender. 
But, I mean, as I don't know if you saw it, Austin, on the jump, Ramona Shelburne last week was talking about um, Durant's calf and, like, the importance of a calf for a basketball player and how if this was the regular season, he'd be out months, not weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. I mean, honestly, if it – it's a little different, I guess, with – I guess we we equate it to hockey, and it's like you want to play through that stuff because of the perception, but – I mean, your legs are everything in basketball, obviously. And you, you can't screw around with that stuff, especially for Kevin Durant, who's, let's be honest, he's half looking towards the offseason already because the Warriors were favorites coming into the series. So, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, but exactly. if he can't go, it's not like he's just going to say, I'm going to tough it out. If Kevin Durant is only <laughs> going to come back if he's going to dominate and be himself. And if he... I think the only chance is Game Seven. Yeah, I really do. Because that is in what about or a week and a half? Down. It's like if it's a three-two or Sunday. something, three-one maybe if that even possibly happens. I don't. I don't see it. That's such a no. I see the a, Raptors. Such a brutal injury, though. Like a calf. It's not yeah. like he's playing with a broken finger. Something you no. can play through, like if you, it seems you like half jump. the players on every on each team are playing with broken fingers right now. He's also in line for probably like two hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is he's how how bad do you want to rush back with that kind of money on the table? I mean, I understand he's probably going to get a lot of money anyway. But what if he yeah. like blows out his calf? I mean, and he's out for a year. He's probably not going to get like a five year max. Someone's probably going to give him a max, but probably for like one year. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's just too many factors that he's probably thinking about right now. And really, right now, the Warriors haven't been dominated. Like, they haven't been. I haven't. I really haven't been impressed watching them play. They don't look, I mean, yeah, they don't I mean the, only, the only part I've been really impressed with was is the passing. I mean, they're ridiculously good passers. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think I saw a stat on 30 assist games in the playoffs. Or maybe it was 36, 30 assist games in the last five regular season and playoffs combined. And they had like 86, and the next closest team was like 17 or something. It, like it was a ridiculous number. And it's yeah. just, I, I still can't believe how how willing they are to share the ball. Well, it's yeah, not it's only that. I, I think what's what we've come to know of them is when they're open for a shot, they're making the shot. But now the guys that are open for these shots are not the ones that are you expecting to drain them. I think that No, they're not they're not the elite bench players that they've usually had in the past. No, like if you're gonna give Quinn Cook or even Igodala Alfonso McKinney an open three, I mean I'll you take, take that chance. Alfonso fucking McKinney. Quinn Cook can actually make some um, so he he's probably like if Clay Thompson doesn't play, but it kind of seems like Clay is gonna play. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless he's unable to walk, <laughs> you would think he's gonna at least give him a shot. He, I mean, he was unable to walk when you watched watched him walking down the the thing. I mean, whatever they put on it, ice spray or something. It was it was just ice. He had an ice pack on the back of his hammy. Did not look good. Especially with the fact that they lost another rotation piece and probably their best defensive big, uh, and kept Kavon Looney, their best offensive yeah. rebounder. I mean, that's not that's not an insignificant injury either. And he got he got crushed. Like that was Lowry, he, right? He, 
No, it was uh, it was Kawhi who went right into his chest, oh, and I mean, like the, some of the fucking Warriors fans just like this. This is equivalent to Zaza on, on Kawhi. It's like you fucking kidding me? He like got into his body and he hit him, and also bitching and complaining about Danny Green hurting Clay Thompson, even though he extended his own leg to try and draw a foul. Like what the? F- I don't yeah. Know. The kickout rule is ridiculous, and we dealt with that in the uh, Philadelphia series with Jimmy Butler. Oh, he was he, uh, JJ Redick does it a lot too. Yeah, just shooters do that. It's just a thing. I mean, and it works. The worst is like fucking James Harden. I I really hate that rule. I hate the ki- I hate the like guys that kick out. I think it should be a flagrant foul because it's so dangerous. Yeah. Well, and you have to expect the refs to actually call those too. They seldom do. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the calls. If you don't let a guy land, like the Zaza rule, you should get foul called for a foul for that. But like, gets to a point where, got, like, they they did a breakdown on James Harden on how he basically takes shots to get fouled, not to hit shots, and it's just like brings your attention. It's like, wow, I would say a lot of these guys are doing this at some point. It's just the way that they're conditioned. They know how the refs make the calls, and that's and that's how they and that's how they do it. Yeah, I mean that's also a indictment on how trash officiating is in the sport. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say is I'm hoping that that does not become a factor like it was in games. Like, look, the first half it was pretty bad. Second half it wasn't. I didn't see it to be as as bad. No, it was atrocious in the first half. So. They called it wasn't even that the the refs were favoring Golden State or anything. I just think it's overall garbage. Well, how many like, whistles? Stop, stop calling some of these ticky tack fouls on on both teams. Yeah. It's both it just kind of it, it hurt the it yeah. hurt the Raptors more because they had fouls on more important guys, but like Jesus Christ. Like yeah. every fucking play they called a foul. Yeah, and it's not like it's yeah, it's the same thing. It's, I don't think it was that they were favoring the Warriors. I just some of the foul calls they had were just like those would be borderline in the regular season. Yeah, and they were calling them like it was nothing in that playoff game. Uh, I actually thought uh, the refs did a pretty good job in the Milwaukee series because they didn't call much. Like they they let them play pretty physical defense. And I'm not I'm not saying it should be like prison rules. No, like, you of course should be able to not. body a guy, but like there are some soft calls that were being. Uh, like I, mean, I think the one that pissed me off the most was when, like, I think it was in game one when Siakam just went straight up in the air and Steph was like four feet to his right and he jumped sideways into him and got called, got a shooting foul out of it. I'm like, was, you, like Jeff Van Gundy went nuts over it. You, I don't know if you guys got to watch the ESPN feed, but Jeff get, Jeff Van Gundy went on a rant, basically saying how that should be an offensive foul. Yeah. Well, it's, just uh, just like when yeah. Steph went on the court to celebrate. Quinn yeah, Clark what the fuck? I, I don't know how they didn't call a tech on that. They had seven <laughs> guys on the floor. Steph was I, I standing beside Drake. That's what I thought. At first, and yeah. then I was like, "Oh, why are they still moving?" And oh, then okay. you heard uh, for us up here, Jack Armstrong was like, "There's seven guys on the court," and I'm like, "What the hell is Jack talking about?" And you see them three was standing beside Drake after that three. Yeah. 
So I think the NBA, when they made that last you know, two-minute report, I think hopefully you'll see something kind of change a little bit. Unless you see the same crew going into game three, which I doubt. <laughs> I might not watch the game if they if I see those three names again. Well, that's just it's I, such I a. I actually don't like the Raptors have a pretty good uh, track record with uh, what were the refs again? Tony Brothers, Brothers Malloy, and trying to blank on the third was it Donovan? No. I think the Raptors actually have a pretty good record when uh, Tony Brothers is the ref. Well, it wasn't at the game we watched against Milwaukee at the. The place that Tony Brothers was doing pretty well for us. Yeah, they actually have a pretty solid track record when he is uh, when he's in. I just I don't think it. I'm not saying that I don't want to see those three because they're screwing the Raptors because it's just not the case. The Raptors it is awful. The Raptors that like game, it, yeah. Like just, they're so bad in general. Like, maybe it was Scott Foster who is it? It Scott was Foster. Foster. It was Foster. Yeah, Scott Foster. Brothers and Malloy. Like Scott Foster is full on like a corrupt fucking clown. Yeah. Like he. He has run-ins with fucking everybody. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's hard to watch. Poorly refed games, and it's not one team or the other. The Raptors didn't lose that game because the refs screwed them, like some fans want to believe. But no, they lost because they couldn't fucking score a basket. Yeah, they couldn't do the core principle of basketball, which is score more points than the other team. Yeah, I got a tweet here that will. Uh help potentially I don't know NBA referees bringing back real time interaction for game 3 of the NBA finals tomorrow so this is from Brian Windhorst yesterday for the first time they will tweet out camera angles not available to TV broadcast via replay center fans and NBA players execs or owners can send questions to the official NBA refs twitter account or use hashtag ref watch party why I know when you're refereeing so atrocious that they have to do in real time reviews of your crap calls and and fan questions. <laughs> That's gonna get out of control. <laughs> Raptors fans are gonna abuse that service. Warriors fans too. Oh yeah, this is, the, this is the wrong matchup to be testing people asking the ref account questions during games. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be scoping out that account. <laughs> All some, some some of the the ratios on some of those tweets. Oh, oh they're they're pretty bad if you look. It's gonna I be know. I've se- I've Brian's seen a I've seen a tidbit of some of them. So good. You been on about anything recently, Skip Bayless? I haven't checked his Twitter. No, I just I completely tune him out. Cool. When when, yeah. he, when they when they uh, lost, and I think he said Kawhi had like a Kawhi who had like thirty six. He said he had like a C minus game, and and Shannon yeah. was just like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> C minus is nearly a triple double. Yeah, I'm like, what the? It's like, what the fuck Shut are you up, talking? Absolute clown. I oh. mean, it was good when I think Joe Jackson said it best. He's like, "You got a little hate in your blood." <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's come like, on. no, I don't. He's like, I'm always fair. He's like, come on, not at all. <laughs> Stop lying. Never ever fair to that man it, it's it's just so bad because he gets called out by literally every fucking player that goes on the thing why leonard would quite literally cure cancer and skip bayless would be upset about it yeah somebody said that i'm pretty sure it's just oh stop being a little baby about it get over it your guy left it is what it is he didn't even leave he got traded you got another player didn't for him. snoop dogg also say like like 
San Antonio was really bad with how they handled the situation. Yeah, when he was just like, have you ever talked to Kawhi? And he's like, well, no, I haven't. He's like, because I have. Shocker. <laughs> and, Skip, and Skip just like stopped talking for a solid like three minutes. He's been but, shut down by every single. To be honest, he's not, he's not the one. I just completely disregard anything he says now. The one that annoys me the most is because he's on post post and, and halftime is fucking Paul Pierce. Like, holy shit. <laughs> he's chirping the like, fans mid-game. No, he, he literally said yesterday, I don't know if you saw his piece on SVP, he was like basically saying it's done and they didn't want it enough. It's like, yeah, Paul, they didn't want the game enough in the fucking NBA Finals, you dumbass. Even, even the no, guys... and he, said, he said their confidence is broken. Okay. Even the guys on first take, Stephen A and Max, who are paid to make ridiculous statements... It said that both of them said it had nothing to do with who wanted it more that game. All the yeah. bullshit that people come up with for an excuse as to why a team didn't win. It had nothing to do with the Raptors not wanting to win. It came down to execution. Yeah. I I, I actually think Stephen A has been pretty decent up here. <laughs> maybe the um the uh, I mean today of... today he said that that uh that the Warriors would smoke them in game three and that the Warriors can basically decide whether they want to win in Toronto or in, or in Oakland. He said that for the championship. Well, so technically Stephen A was very calm in Toronto. He didn't make any of those statements. Technically, he's, yeah, in the, I mean, he's back he in the States now. He kind of plays so. to the crowd, which I don't yeah. mind. Yeah. He but was I, not playing to the Toronto I mean, crowd if, at all. If you're listening to him for basketball insight, you, that's not the place to go. You listen for him to be entertained. Yeah, exactly. And he is entertaining. He was not playing to the Toronto crowd at all, so I've, I've been able to work behind the Whoa. scenes on first take the last couple days, and man, he's just been the ultimate heel to the Toronto fans. It's I mean, been... this is a guy that's picked, what, seven of the eight finals winners wrong? Like, uh, how do you even do that? Like, we've seen, what, fucking two dynasties in a row? How do you pick seven of eight wrong? So if you watch any of the shows coming up in the series for first take, the producers before they go on air and before Steven's, Stephen A shows up, they tell them to start chanting Spicy P because he hates the nickname. So like three Why? or four times an episode, they'll just chant Spicy P. So if you hear that, it's just rattling Stephen A. That's Why would he hate that? He just thinks it's whack. Yeah, it's because he's from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's from Africa. I mean, that's why. It's his nickname, right? I know. Yeah, and he does the, like, salsa dancing. Spicy. Does he? I have, I have honestly no idea. That's just a guess of mine of why that's his uh, nickname. Well, I, I don't but know. I've seen, it, it's, I think pretty sure it was the Raptors that started that yeah. nickname. It was the teammates. So, um, I yeah, I mean... He also did the one thing that I've been complaining about quite a bit. Which is fans not being in their seats at the start of the yeah. quarter. Yeah, he hit the nail on the head there. Honestly, you know, what? I mean, they don't tell him about the whole thing with MLSC and the suit sitting in the platinums and whatnot, which is fine. But that's what it was. Also, I hear um, this is obviously this is from Overdrive. They're talking about how the ACC basically they just have no, they don't have the amount of, correct amount of bathrooms. Oh, it's terrible. It's not. It is very. You know, you see the lines after any, any uh, quarter or any even in hockey too. 
You see the lineups and you just go, holy crap. There's less than 10 washrooms on each of the concourses for per gender. It's pretty bad. It it is not the best uh, setup. I mean, look, I I remember when I went to, uh, to Fenway Park, they had better, like, the lineup was not ridiculous at Fenway Park. And that ballpark was built in what the twenties, the thirties, like Might have been earlier. So some, it's a long yeah. fucking time. So <laughs> it's ancient is the point so, of that. Like that's it's inexcusable that you know if a fans it takes that long. Um, if I'm a fan, honestly, the, the, this is what I do. Last couple minutes of a of a quarter or of a period, I'm going down and I'm doing I'm getting it done. Then. Yeah, honestly, go beat the lines. It's not something people don't do enough. They want to catch the end of the quarter, or the end of the period. It's like, what is the difference? Another five or ten points combined? Like, get up early and go do your thing, and then come back. You have the entire half to sit there and do nothing. Well, it's not only that they go to do their business, then they go to get a drink after. Which is well, also- the issue, the issue with the, I'm assuming he's talking about the 100 level, is that they have the suites that go underneath yeah. the platinums, and everyone goes down there and drinks liquor in between periods or quarters during hockey or basketball games so that's where you get well this was platinum suits so his issue was halftime so that would have been halftime because they don't have the breaks during intermission of basketball each quarter so i i give him you know it's something that's peeved me and you know it it happens more so during leaf games it's pretty brutal and it's Uh, more obvious during leaf games you don't really see it for the raptors games because it's in close Exactly. No, I've, noticed it. I've noticed it all postseason. Okay. Like, I remember, I definitely remembered it from the Philly series because I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they're getting slaughtered right now. Yeah. And, and they're basically playing in the building open helps. gym. You can help them. Of course. So, I, I, I think it's not going to change because no. people's. Like they they asked one guy who on the new on uh, I think it was City TV up here. They said, "Did you hear? Uh, were you? Did you go? Like, did you go to the bathroom during half? Did you miss like the opening of the court?" The guy's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Are you gonna change strategy next time?" No. Like people, there's people who honestly don't care. They don't understand what what the role of a fan is to be. Sometimes I just don't understand how you could spend like. A thousand bucks Canadian on a ticket, and miss like five minutes of game action. Yeah, I, it, yeah. it kills me. Um, it, especially the people who leave early to go catch a go train or to go catch a look. If you're going to a game, you're planning to be there from beginning. You should be planning from beginning to. If you're spending all that money and then, especially in an NBA game, the last three minutes, oh, I gotta head out. From pretty much a, what are you buying the ticket for? Just watch it at home then. That 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 kills me. That that stuff like that does annoy the hell out of me. Um, but it's never gonna change. It's it's the way our cult the culture is in the states, Jake. I will admit, people are in their seats or they're stand. Oh, it's the standing too can be pretty bad. Like <laughs> when they stand up in football for for every play, it's like guy. <laughs> No, I'm not about that. I'm no. I could never stand for an entire game. That was the worst part about like college basketball 
being in a fan section or college hockey, you just have to stand all the time. Well, Jake, I went to TFC uh, a week and a half ago. Soccer too. In T- the TFC in the supporter section, because I was sitting up above the supporter section, everyone's standing up, and the people in front of me who are not a part of the supporter section were standing up, and I'm like, just sit your ass down. You have an actual seat. You can see yeah. it perfectly. And then I had to stay. I like, look, I don't mind standing, but if I have to stand for a whole soccer match, eh. I mean, that's why that's why they have those freestanding things, and a lot of big clubs have them, where you can basically it's like a bar in front of you. It's like a little foldable seat down yeah. if you want to sit, or and if not, you got like a. Uh, like a railing you can lean on at least yeah like tfc they don't have that it's a bench with seats on it so it's like you either sit or you're standing you have nothing to lean on you have nothing to to comfort yourself it's bullshit so i hate when people do that and bills fans are pretty bad at that in buffalo they're standing especially at the beginning of the game because that's when the only time the bills have a chance to win and so they're all standing up at the beginning, and then it's like, guys, sit your asses down. This game's going to be three hours long. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's not it's not more anywhere worse than it is at the ACC when – or Scotiabank when the Leafs are playing, let's yeah. be honest. Although playoffs is Just a little different. Although playoffs is a little different. different. So uh, – with that being said, I think we've been this Raptor stuff to death. Um, let us move on to the Leafs because normally the we would off-season sideshow. I think this has been more so. I I haven't seen as many leaks. Like these are leaks, uh, minus the Zaitsev one because Zaitsev one was actually Dubis addressing it. Um, but I have never seen so many leaks come out of uh, the Leafs camp. We'll call it the camp or the Leafs man, like front office. Yeah. In this lo- in a really long time, like when since hear- since Nonis was in charge. Which leaks in particular? Well, okay, the All first the first sites of one. Usually, you'll hear the team will address it. Um, was I'm- that a leak though? He like he had an interview in Russia. Well, at first it was Bob McKenzie had tweeted that out. Um, and then the, the article came out of Russia, I think. I think it was maybe we didn't get the news from Russia first. And then he saw that and he reported it based off that. I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, that's where it became really official when he put up. Man, I'd love to put Nikita Zaitsev and Don Cherry in a room. Just oh my god! There's there's not a single thing that Nikita Zaitsev said in that interview that was wrong, though. No. No, it wasn't like, but it's that it's Don Cherry's opinion that goes to the fans. Don but you shouldn't. I don't listen to him at all. Yeah. Oh, I meant I meant about his comment about uh, the one where he was talking about Muzzin showing up, and then he was like almost immediately a martyr. Oh yeah. No, like Lee's fans. Like, no, it's true, but I actually don't think it's it's just from Lee's fans. I think it's from other fans too. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I I think Muzzin. Yeah, like there were people who were like, who thought Muzzin was gonna be Bobby Orr or something. Like, what was it? The like the game after they acquired him, the Leafs. One of the games after they acquired him, they lost Detroit. And what was it? All these 
yeah, like like a week after the trade, they lost a game, and all the all the Toronto Uncle Society got together and was like, oh, I bet that pick the Leafs gave up is going to turn into a lottery now. The Kings just hit the jackpot. It's like fuck off. <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, then they probably had an orgasm because he hit somebody. Yeah, oh, honestly, exactly. Like, remember same. too too soft can't can't win playoff games. So Man, I wrote could, I wrote a thing at the, the big bad Bruins, even though we out hit them like every fucking game. I wrote a thing at the end of May, and I just remembered this now. And it was um, I think it was the Marlowe thing, and we can jump to that if you want. But I mentioned without mentioning Mister um, Number Twenty Nine, you should not be named in fear of Toronto uncles getting angry at me. Um, I haven't checked the comments on that yet. Should I? No. no. I said I said don't talk about number twenty nine when I'm talking about the Leafs shedding cap space in a trade, and I'm worried about reading the comments on that. Yeah, probably not going to be good. The, the, there's going to be there's going to be like, some insightful it's like, takes. It's like trying to turn a Republican into a Democrat or vice versa. Oh yeah. You can say fuck. You can say fucking borderline anything. They'll never ever change their opinion. William Nylander could cure cancer. And Leafs fans would still hate him. No, okay, I think that's about that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think actually here here's the only thing that happens that would uh, do it. So game seven, Cup final, they're playing Winnipeg. <laughs> Mark Shifley coming down the ice. William Nylander across the ice, clean body check, knocks him unconscious, hits him so hard, takes it through five guys end to end. Got bufflin on his shoulder. Uses uses arm to push him away. Then he then he uh, then he drives hard to the net and scores five hole for the you Leafs. Know what, the then you they'd know be what like, he needs they'd to be do. like, still paid too damn much, ten million dollars a year. You know what he needs to do? Just off the opening draw of the season, put him and Matthews out. Drop him. The first guy he sees. Yeah. What do you What do you do, Toronto Uncles? They would kill themselves. Then it would be, he's not being paid $10 million to sit in the penalty box, God damn it! Yeah. God damn it! we need more, we need more, um, what's the fucking clown Trump that's him? on the Bruins' fourth yeah. line? We need more Sean Corrales, Noel Acharis! Give me Joachim Nordstrom. Fi- One thing I will say, though, the Bruins, looking at, watching the way they play... Their top guys have not been very good. Like, they were good in uh, Game 3. They've been pretty crap. Like, Charlie I Coyle. Think, I, I, I don't know. I haven't been impressed with their... The only players that I've been impressed with for the Bruins... I mean, Brask, obviously. He's been fucking unbelievable. He's the only reason... I think they would have gotten swept if they didn't have him. Okay, maybe they'd be down 3-1. I'm, but... I'm kind of happy for him because the amount of just crapping the Bruins do on that guy. I know. Fans, it's, rather. it's pathetic. Uh, Charlie Coyle, I'm really impressed with. Uh, Dan Heinen, really impressed with. And uh, Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy. Because their defense right now is shit. But they they play those guys quite a bit. Like McAvoy. Yeah. Check how many minutes Carlo had. He might have had 31 minutes the other night. He's a good (laughs) – I like Carlo a lot. Carlo, 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 Krug, and – McAvoy. McAvoy are really good. The rest are trash. Well, Chara Carlos one of those big guys now. that just Chara is horrible. I mean, he can't, he just can't now. move. Like they're like big Z. It's like yeah, you see they fucking just skate right around his ass. 
I mean, he, who's he, the other guy? It's like Matt Grizzlick. Like, come on. He takes a holding or interference call on almost every other possession or possession. Oh, he, uh, he can't shift. play. Like he can't play anymore. Like he just can't. It's like it was like watching Dwayne Wade play in the NBA. Now it's like. He can't guard anybody. He can't score. He just when looked, Kapanen was on the ice against him, down. he just felt bad for him. Oh, no. He just fucking skates circles around them. Yeah. Uh, You're like, Jesus Christ, man. Anyhow, I don't know how we got on the Bruins. But... No, but it, it, this is... Oh, yeah. right. Nylander. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's let's bring us back to the, the talks, though. I mean, Zaitsev, I think, is right with some of those comments he's made. Oh, absolutely. I, think he's... I wouldn't want to be in Toronto the way he's treated. I, no, and, and, you know, and it's not his fault. The way he's treated is not his fault. No, it is. I mean, he's it's, been it's shit. His play, be his play is his fault. Yes. But yeah, 100%. people getting upset at him for the Leafs giving him money is not his fault. No, he no. The term in the average value is not on him. That's no, but his on. play, his play is, yeah. is an issue. Yeah. Fine. You can blame his play, and I mean, in hindsight, the I, contract. I, I, but I also, I also don't think people would be complaining if he was making two million dollars. Yeah, exactly. No. If he's making, um, like, who's made two million dollars? Ainsley. Uh, well, Polak or someone. Yeah, like if he was like making Roman Polak money, I'd have no problem with the way he plays. Actually, well, we kind of we kind of shredded Polak too. So yeah, I shredded Polak. Well, we, um, we shredded Polak for the same reason we shredded. Zaitsev though, yeah, their decision But yes. Zaitsev also, I think, helped his value, and they said it during the playoffs a lot when they paired him with Muzzin. He oh, looked yeah. all right. He looked serviceable. He just he can't, he just can't play the puck. No, no he's yeah, and yeah, he wants to be a power play guy. But yeah, not, not going to happen. He had twelve points this season. What the fuck does he want to play on the power play? <laughs> I don't remember. I How are you going to manage that? I was trying to watch him during the during the the World Championship, and like the goals he scored, and it's like, nah, I don't see it. He scored? <laughs> yeah, he did. He, scored, he did score one. Yeah. I think he scored three actually, but one was oh, an empty Jesus. net. I think. Well, he was also the number one D man on Russia, which is a sad statement. Oh, yeah. Russia's the best Rush. Who's the best Russian defenseman in the Sergeyev. world right now? Well. The best Russian defenseman is either Sergachev or Voinov, but he's not allowed anywhere. Or no, or Orlov is pretty decent. Yeah, Orlov's a good player. Oh, sorry, I meant Voinov. Voinov's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, we all know that. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's not news to anybody. But he he was a good defenseman before he became a piece of human trash. Um. Yeah. So. And he was a right-handed shot. Do you imagine how much money he would have made if he wasn't a complete dickhead? Oh yeah, Montreal would be. Apparently, who, which team was it that was trying to trade he, for him? If he was reinstated, some team would just throw the moral code out the window to have him. Yeah, I could I, see that. I actually, I actually wouldn't mind if it was us, to be honest. Yeah, morality, <laughs> morality goes out the window when it comes to the well, line. I mean, I mean we, knowing who our GM is, that is not happening. No, there's zero chance. But <laughs> It's like Glenn say that I we're mean, still in with like, the like, cigarette. I just... Keep remembering him playing, and it's like, fuck, he's so fucking good. He won the Kings a cup. Oh, he was so good. He was so good. He would be so, making like seven million dollars. Six. I or hope $7 he doesn't million. get reinstated, but let's be honest, he will. Like, he's gonna. Uh, some teams I don't think so. I think. Uh, the I NH, don't think he will. The NHL has been pretty, uh, pretty hard on they, that. Didn't they just suspend him another season? They, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, he, he appealed to get back in the league, and they denied it. Why? Yeah, like, Why like a couple weeks ago. 
I don't understand why he'd be working this hard to get back in the league. He probably would make decent money in the Russian league. He's got to be playing in the KHL. I would think. Who does he play for? He's got to be playing for SK or CSK or something like that. You would think. Let me look it up. Yeah. Um, Um, I I think it's. I think for him, it's the NHL. You may. I think he just felt like he. You know, he saw Kovalchuk go back and make the money he did. The Russian money's not bad, but I, I, for some of the guys that are, I think he sees. His value as a defenseman? Uh, he's playing for SKA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and so the best there. team in the league. Yeah. So um, he probably makes pretty good coin. Yeah. Not bad. Um, but Zaitsev, I mean, yeah, he had under 30 points the last two seasons combined. He's uh, He hasn't played well enough, and that's just what it is. And if he was making less and he wasn't playing in the top four, I doubt anyone would be complaining. I mean, with that said, though, he's – Still drawing pretty good interest. Oh my That's god! What I'm say. Some of the some of the things that came out today, we've been talking about. <laughs> Vancouver was one. Vancouver <laughs> seems like they'd do it tomorrow. Apparently, Carolina's another one. I heard. Yeah, what the fuck is that? It's they're saying Kapanen and Zaitsev for one of Hamilton, Pesci, or Falk. Okay. I mean, Falk has one year left. Probably wouldn't do that, but the other two, yeah, easily. Yeah, I'd do Hamilton for Kapanen and Zaitsev. A cap dump and Pesci. Kapanen. Or Pesci, yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying Pesci would probably take more than Hamilton, I would think, especially with what was rumored of Hamilton's rep in the locker room. I don't know if it's changed. Well, I don't know if it's Carolina's locker room, though. I think that's more so what happened Just in Calgary. Just a perception. Well, okay, but this is the thing I don't, I don't get about the Zaitsev thing. Well, actually, no, I kind of do. Remember, Austin, when you and I had CJ on, and we yeah. were talking about Zaitsev being one of those contracts he would probably have to move. And CJ said that there's considerable interest in him around the league. I think teams... Yeah, and at the time, know. we you sort of laugh it off. It's like, sure. Look, if, I'm, like, if I'm the least, I wrote about this. I mean, I didn't think Vancouver would be interested because of the position they're in, but they seem to like these uh, guys who, are, who they can get locked up long term for some reason like Jay Beagle yeah. and all those um, but I look at a, a team like Dallas they took two of the of the Leafs right handed shots and Carrick and Polak to try to get for to get their right side why not try for to. three that's what I was saying third <laughs> <laughs> time's we'll a charm see. buddy we got it you got it this time we would need Klingberg Zaitsev next season let's make it happen Oh yeah, Heiskanen inside Seb. No, that would be that would make me very sad, considering how good Heiskanen is. Heiskanen and Klingberg are studs. Oh my god! Actually, probably be Heiskanen and Lindell. Too. And they got Essa Lindell, who's a pretty good player. When he's not diving. Yeah, like I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's that, and it's Marlowe, and it's like just everything's coming out. Yeah, now. if they. I saw he put his property up for sale in in Toronto. Yeah. If they can back. somehow get rid of them, uh, those two guys and Connor Brown, and even if they take back like I don't know, fucking Trevor Lewis or someone like that for who's got yeah. two years, Ooh, two years and two million, if they can cut twelve, ten million off their cap, that would be amazing. Because I think they could, I think with that they could go out and and spend some money in the free agent department so yeah dude, and they they're gonna need to because they're they need they some need free agent they need left 
They need a defenseman, they need a backup goalie, and they need a left winger. Yeah. Is it honestly, I think it's possible that Hainsey comes back and you find somebody so. better to play on the first pair, but you put Hainsey on the third with Dermot? Yeah, I bad. think that, ha- I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah. He, I, like, nobody was complaining about Hainsey when he played third pair. I wouldn't, I would have him back on a third pairing. So this is the thing, though. Uh, when we look at the, the Marlowe stuff, I find it very intriguing that a the leaks um, that came. I mean, I know Pierre LeBron has that connection in LA. Um, <laughs> although he used to be with Dean Lombardi, so I don't know if it's just he's kept that with the LA uh, front office staff. But um, it has really helped the Leafs. Like I think partially the Leafs had that conversation with Pat with Marlo being like, "Buddy, you're like this. We can't have you next season." Like, yeah, if he's selling his property, that's basically he him knows. and the team coming to an and, understanding. I mean, we all knew it was going to be bad. We knew the circumstances about him signing that deal. Let's just not kid ourselves. Well, I mean, it was going to be bad the was... third year, but you were paying him for the first two years where you aren't going to be in cap trouble. So this was always the scenario, I think. Yeah. It... I think Lou would have tried to keep him around, honestly, if he was still here. Well, I mean, yeah, I think so too. He would have done something dumb to try and keep the veteran around, like trading sites or not sites up, trading Kapanen and Janssen or something to avoid paying them. Something dumb like that. So this is my question now. Um, where do you see Marlo going? I think it's either L.A. or Arizona, personally. Um, and do you think they can actually get something in return? I know, Jake, you're saying just get rid of the contract, but... Do you do the Leafs even try to get something in return that's feasible? Because Patrick Marlowe could all by all accounts in the right situation get twenty to twenty five goals. Yeah, that's possible. Patrick I mean, Marlowe. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just I mean, he had what? Did he have twenty seven last year? Uh, the first year he had twenty seven. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. It's that could just be a one-off the year, but I mean, I think at part his age, it could just be regression. Part of it was also he played with Mitch, pretty much all season lot in that first time. So yeah. he's just helps. fucking done. Yeah, like he he can't. He needs offensive guys to help drive help him out. Like he can't play third line minutes in a third line role and expect to produce like a six million dollar player. Doesn't work I, like that. I think it's also a thing where it's just like at some point next season if Marlowe was still on this team, he would have had that Iron Man streak snapped. I, I mean, mean, I think it got to the point where the Leafs GM, I hope they did this, so they just said, I mean, we love you and if you're gonna stay here, you can't be playing every fucking game. Like he looked dead tired at the end. It basically was like he showed up without and played without a stick it was basically like that for well, some, we for saw, we saw his stick and we uh, we, <laughs> we, we were wondering if that was actually a stick the three piece except they take the when they sell it at the leaf store at real sports they take the wooden top off of it because the top of the sticks wood as well still he he looked fucking done yeah he did yeah i mean he you can just better replace him with so many better players. Just even guys who can provide in other areas. Like a Trevor Moore, yeah, he's not going to score a lot of goals, but he can. I mean, we saw him play for the Marlies. 
he's the guy that can do all the things for you. A guy like he's he's probably like his peak. I think is like a third line player, yeah. but but that's what we needed. We needed a guy yeah. on that third line that could you know provide something. I mean, he was fourth line, um, but when you have Frederick Gauthier, I I mean that was a disaster too. Gauthier can't be the fourth line center next season. I, just, I think they need it. They should be looking at a guy. I don't know who's out there, but a guy that can play, who's a little more versatile, that can play center and wing. Like I think that's why they liked Paul Lindholm. But Yeringle. he. I mean, this is my issue with it. You're you're asking a guy who is playing center. Oh, he's a he's a winger. You definitely shouldn't yeah. be playing him down the middle unless you're really strapped. Well, that's, yeah. needs to be, yeah. and, people, and, the, and there's not many good centers in free agency. The only two that realistically I thought would play third or fourth line center, I mean, probably wouldn't even do that, was Ryan Dezingle. Um, yeah. Pretty good player, I thought. And the other guy was Brandon Tanev on Winnipeg. I think he was their fourth line center. Fourth or third. Well, he, he, got, pushed down. he got pushed down when uh, Hayes got traded there, so. He's a pretty good player. I that's oh. a guy who I would go for. Davey Bolin's a free agent, boys. Oh Bolin. Davey Bolin. Can, can he even Jason Spetz is also a name that got thrown around as like a one mil option or something. Uh, Who's that? Jason Spetza has like a really cheap option. No, pass. He can't. Eh, he can't. Line, though. He won't be able to defend. That's just not his role, though. No, he wants yeah. to go to. He wants to go and. He's probably going to go. I could see him going back to Ottawa. Or staying in no. Dallas. Squid, if you're getting a former, a guy that's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, don't put him in a fourth line role. It's just, it's not going to go well. It's no. never, it's never going to work. He's going to want out. Of, he's going to want out like as soon as he plays like the first week, first couple weeks. Why would he agree to that though? No, he wouldn't. Why? Yeah. Like what? So I'm, I'm, I. That's something I'm going to have to research and just really look at. But um, like. The Leafs need guys. Like, look, Nylander, Babcock didn't trust him to play center. It was apparent. So, if you you need to account for potentially not having a second or third line center during the year that you can have somebody step in. If they're really strapped, they could go to Nick Patan, but I think we really, Babcock really proved oh, during yes. the regular season that somebody he doesn't Somebody I looked him. up who, who's an RFA that I'd be interested in perhaps trading for is actually Oscar Sundquist. He's Ooh, an yeah, RFA this summer. Like I, the, I think the biggest thing that they needed of a fourth line center is they need a guy that can fucking kill penalties. Yeah, they have the fact that Gauthier, who is supposed to be really good on the draws, could not play the penalty kill. I think that says a lot of the fact that the Leafs don't have a center that plays on the penalty kill is not good. No, like yeah, Tavares is not that. He's not Tavares is not a Patrice Bergeron where you can put him in that situation. No. And Matthews is like, no, he should never be playing penalty kill. No. I, I, I'm, st- I still don't like the idea of Marner playing on the penalty kill, but I mean, it's not the worst idea because it seems a lot of teams do that. Like Boston it, does it a lot. I was gonna say that's it, like the it copy. just puts, it just puts a lot of pressure on the team that's on the power play because they have to think about what they're gonna do shorthanded. Yeah. Uh, I'm just quickly doing a search here on cap friendly of. Centers. Yeah, on centers. Uh, I'm going to cry I mean, in a second here. Please. I don't know. I'm more worried about the defense. I don't I don't think that Sandin or Lilia Grin really need to start. 
this season. If I mean, no. some people are going to be upset that I'm saying that, but so, so be it. Here's... I mean, they shouldn't. Lilligren's played half a season in his first two pro years. Another year with the Marlies or half a year won't hurt him. And Sandin was fantastic this season, but it's going to be the same thing as Lilligren. They're going to take their time with him. As they should. Yeah, uh, you shouldn't rush a guy, especially a guy that's not even going to be 20 years old by the end of next season. I think I have that right. Maybe not. This is no, be some pretty, that's wrong. It'll be 20, but... This is going to be some really slim pick in here, boys. Yeah, the no, center no, depth no. is horrible. Outside Whoa. of, like, Duchesne, yeah, it's Duch- pretty bad. Like, Which I'm they're at, never in the conversation like with. Colin Wilson, Marcus Johansson. Yeah, Marcus Johansson's a winger, too. He, yeah, like he's playing wing right now. Yeah, like they have Tyler Ennis down as a center on that list. It's just like guys that took a shift at center. Oh, or yeah, took if a you're draw, taking a draw. Yeah. They list you as a center on cat friendly. I'm just also trying to look at guys that played more than 30 games in a, in the season. That's enough. <laughs> like, I'm it, telling you, the best option is Brandon Tanev. Yeah. It's a great, great look. But I, I think they're going to, yeah, they're going to have to do be a little creative to fill that hole. Um, I think when you look at the Marlowe stuff, I think a lot of this is going to be after July 1st. They're going to pay their bonuses, and then you're going to see them gone. Yep. Don't. I. I this is the only thing uh, I think people are saying, oh, it could be done soon. No, why would a team agree to pay for their bonuses? They're taking on that contract. Like Arizona, you tell Arizona, we're going to pay him. You just unless need... unless you're going to get like a better return for it. Yeah, and you probably would. There's no reason why it would make sense for the Leafs to do that. Well, I mean, they did that with Bernier, right? They played that that signing bonus just to get rid of him to Anaheim. Um, they've done it in the past, and they will do it, I think. If And they'll continue to do it. So I, I think if the – yeah, they'll only do it at the returns rate. Either you do it at the draft or you do it after, uh, right after July 1. So that that's where I think that happens. Um I, I know, um, Austin, you have some news about uh, some Canadian team won a championship tonight. Oh, uh, the buys won one. Uh, yeah, the uh, the good old Newfoundland Growlers won the Kelly Cup tonight. They beat the Toledo did they actually Did they actually get the real? No, they didn't. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, they got the Cup. They did? I did, did? see a video. So they, uh, I don't know if I sent this to you guys. The ECHL didn't get the Cup back. And I guess for anybody that isn't watching, the Colorado Eagles last year won the Kelly Cup, which is the ECHL championship. But they were promoted uh, to the AHL to be Colorado's affiliate for this season. And they never gave the ECHL back the physical cup. So there's this big thing that's blown up during the series about them not having a physical cup to give the team. But the ECHL announced a couple days ago that they actually made a, a duplicate. Yeah, they made another another trophy. So it's not the yeah. actual one that Colorado won, was supposed yeah. to get back, but they're it was good. another They're still one. trying to get it back from Colorado. That's how it's they ended the statement. A, such a weird situation. It's so hockey it hurts, that whole scenario. Yeah. Oh, my God. Love our sport. <laughs> Jesus, what a joke. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, they beat Toledo. I think it was six games. That sounds right. Uh, they won four to one tonight, I believe, and uh, yeah, not too bad. 
Uh, I don't know. I'm, admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about the team. I know Simeon Dragachinsev plays down there. Leafs uh, third rounder from last summer. Well, your boy Jacob uh, JJ Pikinich plays down there too. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, it's a team that's going to get a lot more exciting because Dubas has said he's going to use it as more of a developing ground rather than just guys the organization doesn't know what to do with, which is what most ECHL teams are. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see that too. Um, like like fringe guys. Like I thought the Leafs, before they traded Feder Gurdiv, I thought they might sign him and just let him develop in the E next year, but they got a pick out of him, so whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not mad. No, you can't be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, good for them. I, the Marlies didn't get a cup this year, and the Leafs certainly didn't, but, uh, I mean, the organization's still winning at some level, so that's a strong sign. Yep. Um, now it's just really time for the Leafs to start winning. That's what I, this is my thing. I, it's good. You, you, it's good to celebrate these things, but it means nothing if your if your big club's not winning it. Can we can we branch the Raptors and the Leafs together for a sec? Sure. Um, why am I drawing a blank on who said this? Oh, Jesus! It might have been somebody. Somebody said. I feel like it's one of the ESPN people that I've been working with the last. Said the. If the Leafs were in, if, oh, sorry, I'm going to butcher this. It was something along the lines of if Leaf fans could say the Raptors left the city for good in order to get the Leafs in the cup, they would do it. Yeah, a lot of teams would do that. A lot yeah. of cities would do that. Yeah. I'm like, not giving it, up shit. I don't, as much as I love the Leafs, I'm not giving up the Raptors and what they have done. I wouldn't, cup. but a lot no. of people would. I know people that, yeah. there are, Leafs, that don't there are the Leafs fans right now who are actually envious. Like, they're actually, like, hating on the Raptors because people are like, um, fuck the Raptors. Like, they, there's actual Leaf fans who actually can't stand, A, the Raptors. Another team. The Leaf fans really do enjoy that, eh? Between Nylander and the Raptors, just crapping on people. They're, yeah, they're not, they're not fans. City. They're not fans. That, no. That's the thing I hate the most is when they're just like, I'm a fan. It's like, no, you're not. What kind of what kind of fan basically wishes one of their own players to fucking fail? Like what? And not just like that. I I always say that in an argument. They're yeah. just like, well, he's overpaid. I'm like, well, guess what? There's no fucking magic do over button. Get the fuck over it. It's like <laughs> it's like we paid him. The thing I always go back to. It's like to you know with... that ugly bitch that you fucked. It happened. There's no go back. <laughs> oh wait, the that's thing... your wife now. <laughs> the thing I always go back to with this for people that are like I can't believe you held up negotiations it's like okay so if your job lowballed you on your next contract offer you you just take no, it not, no, no, cool. no 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 none of these fucking blow jobs are giving money back by the way they're just like I. that's the thing that annoys me so much is when people are just like oh I have no idea about the situation but I'm going to couch somebody else's buddy. It's like, shut the fuck up. And also people that are like, also, I pay, also I pay like, concessions so I can say whatever I want about no, Nylander. No, no, it's no, like, no. your, your money is literally irrelevant. Your footlong hot dog is paying for William Nylander's contract? No, it's not. Fuck off. Can I, can I, can I interject here and say, I've seen these Leafs fans that have said fuck me. Like, I see them. They're in the comments of every single piece no, I write. No, not in the co- I've seen these guys at games. Oh. Literally say yeah, to my face. I don't face, go to those things, Dave. I don't have big bucks oh, like you. Well, I didn't pay for this game. 
<laughs> no. Literally, this guy, this this uh, lady was just like, "Fuck Nylander," and I'm like looking at her. I didn't say anything. I'm like, I'm not getting into this. She's like, if he wanted to be here, he would be here. And then you know you hear about oh he doesn't act like a leaf he's not like the the Leafs in the past I'm like well guess what the Leafs we worshipped in the past couldn't get the job done either so maybe it's time we try something different you dumb fucks. Wendell Clark was a great player. Oh yeah, fantastic player. That was the Leafs' <laughs> best chance to win. He offered six point nine million dollars a year. I also I also am also a person that I don't believe in discounts. That just doesn't no. exist. No, you no. go get your money. People, people think. People well, no, are... no, no, no. That, that's the thing. I'm just like, why, why would I take a discount? So yeah. some, so yeah. I, no, I so somebody you. else can make a decision on my money. Like if I'm taking a discount, I'm saying, I'm saying where it's going. I'm yeah. not, I'm not gonna let You're you. You're doing the LeBron pay, thing. I'm not gonna let you pay Nikita Zaitsev seven years, five million dollars, or Patrick Marlowe six years to score fucking four goals. Yeah, Neilander's not taking a, a cut off of his contract. He's also for a guy who's never Connor made Brown. money. He's never made money. No. But well, like, but they think because his dad played, he's he's spoiled. He doesn't like. He's not his dad. His dad was not a not nor close to the talent level. His of William. Uh, and I don't I don't want to take shots here, but his brother Alex is having a tough time cracking the Sabers full time. And he's been he was drafted three years ago. And people thought he was the better one. Yeah, the, William said that. He's better than me. It's like imagine like the pressure that his brother's under just to crack an NHL roster. The, I, I think you'd rather be him at this point. I mean the I've also Elander just quietly is not, I've also quietly said I I would love if the Leafs went out and tried to get it, the brother. Oh my god. He and Alex together? Buffalo needs to have him up on the roster full time because he's so good they're just not giving him a shot. Buffalo needs to get out of their own I've, way. And I've gotten to watch him when the Rochester plays the Marlies. He's ridiculous. They're no, all just fucking he, hopeless. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 know what it is? It's just the they rush guys. Yeah. Oh, Buffalo for sure. Their their AHL team could be so like good. They, they rushed fucking Middlestad too. He's like he's fucking like 105 pounds. Yeah. And Nylander, it's not that they're they're not taking their time with him. They've tried to rush him up, and then he hasn't been perfect, so they just bounce him in between the NHL and AHL. Yeah, they've done they've done He's the one cadre. Of they've done the cadre. And, and then they then they trade their only actual good pieces, Ryan O'Reilly, for more yeah. younger pieces. Yeah, not established because, guys. Because he said he's need. sick of losing. No shit. Because there's no team built. You have a good guy like Ryan O'Reilly. You have a good guy like Jack Heichel. And then what's around them? Dog crap. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. That's why Sabres fans are clamoring. Like, they're, like, begging to sign Skinner because they have nothing. Who do they have? Yeah, that's going to be it's gonna be a bad mistake. It will be. They, Skinner might. You think they Skinner might end up helping the Marner negotiations, or are they just going to stay put? I don't know. I don't think I'm, so. I'm a believer. I don't think any negotiation is the same. Yeah. No. Especially and, UFA to RFA. There's no correlation. Absolutely not. Because the the UFA can say, "You don't want to pay me this, bye." RFA. And if the, and if the RFA is like, "You're not going to pay it," like, what, what am I going to do? It's like, fine, you can sit out. The closer we get to RFA and all that, like, he can negotiate on the 26th. We're 
what, three weeks away from that? Uh, we're 21 days. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, so uh, why don't we start talking about he that? Wants, he wants to do that. I would love to see what Leafs fans have to say because he was the golden child. Marner, yeah. Is this your King Leaf fans? Because Neilander stayed. Neilander took a goddamn discount to stay with this team, and you raked him over the coals for it. Well, Neilander basically signed. He just look. Neilander didn't didn't go out and say, "Oh, we'll go look for offer sheets. We'll go no. negotiate for other teams." Neilander, yeah, that's. A, I, I said this the I last time I was I on. I still will. Be, I'll wait till I. I got to see it to believe it. Yeah. I, I just. Yeah. I still Absolutely. think this whole thing is a is a joke. I don't see any fucking way. He does any of that. If Mitch Marner was smart, there should be no leak. No, his name should not be mentioned in the radio from now and until he's close to signing. I, sh- I just don't know why they keep talking. It's not. You're, it's not you're helping. Darren Ferris and Paul Marner are way too much credit. They're, somebody's gonna blab before then. Well, then you know what? But this is this is what kills me, Mitch. You wanna. Make the amount of money of a big-time player like Austin Matthews. Start acting like a player like Austin Matthews, which is Austin Matthews' dad plays a role, but it's a behind-the-scenes role. He's not up in front. Yeah. He's going to tell his dad to cut it out. He's a grown-up. He also has now. to realize, like, I know he's got that little – I I still don't think it's him. I think it's his dad. He's got that complex. Yeah, like, small he, there was an, complex. A, that article that he thinks he's he's like McDavid. It's like, you're very good. You're not that. Well, did I you love hear... your confidence in yourself, but you you just won't be that because you're not a center. Did you? Hear... And I know I know Darren Dreger's been carrying water for him, just being like, "Well, why not?" It's like because there's a premium on center ice positions and also scoring goals is more important than getting assists. It is, you guy, and and Jeremy Roenick was spot on. Yeah, he said nine nine million is the max he would go, which is I. I've said that I'm fine with nine five, but I said nine point five is fine. Like, but Jeremy York was spot on in saying, "Look, he had a good year. His first one, his first good year. He wants eight years, nine. He wants ten and a half, eleven. Austin Matthews scored forty in his I mean, first. I, I still season. don't think he's he was worthy of getting eleven six, but. He's worthy of getting double digits for sure. Yes, he is worthy of getting... As a person that's probably going to be a captain, a franchise number one center, a number yeah. one overall pick, I mean... That's what like Kyle he, He's to face doing. the franchise. Like, I love Mitch Marner, but he's not. He's not. Awesome Matthews can take over a game on his own. People see Mitch passing it off to guys, passing it to Tavares, Hyman, and think that's him, him taking the block shot. At the end of the day, Austin Matthews kept the Leafs in that series against the Bruins in a couple of those games where the Leafs had nothing going for them. He's also played with rookies his entire career. Yeah, he has not played with an established... Because he drags his own line. They basically can put him on his own because he can handle it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Matthews the way he finished that season and Nylander coming off the world championship he did. I just those two play together. <sighs> Those two with a full off season to get back in the right head space, Nylander especially. They're gonna, I, I, they're gonna I still it off think next I still think if they could get a big winger, a big lefty winger, the guy I want, I've been bar- banging this drum for a year now, is Michael Furlan. If they could get Michael Furlan to play with them, I think they could get a hundred goals. 
easily. That line would get 100 goals. My issue is he wants I, – I, I think he lost money now, but he wanted like a, what, five, six-year deal? I'd give him a – he's 26. Sure. And you know what? He's, he's a guy that can get you 300 hits a year and score 25 goals. And he's huge. Yeah. I, I, I pay him it. That, that, that's, the, that's the only guy that I would, I would pay a lot for. I just, uh, my issue is I don't know if I see Dubas doing that. Uh, I don't, Big guy hits people. He's not going to want any part of that. I, I doubt it. I mean. Unless his possession numbers are unreal. I think he's pretty good. He's a pretty good skater. He used to play with uh, Goudreau and uh, Monaghan, yeah. and that's when he put up his career. I think he had like 28 goals. He's a really good player. That's what I would do. I don't know if somebody values that higher than the Leafs. Probably will. Oh, 100%. Desperate-ass team. teams. But I, I, see I don't know. Team. They, they were interested in trading for him at the deadline, if I remember correctly. But I don't know. That's... I would love that. I think he would be perfect. Him and him or Chris Kreider, I think would be perfect wingers oh, for him. Kreider would be like a perfect. like a big guy that can skate. Yeah, Kreider would be nice, but he makes some some money, doesn't he? No, he's nah, he's, he's, really. on, he's on like he's, he's on like four or three, two, yeah, five. The problem is he's, like he's the trading. The problem is that it would make zero sense for the Rangers to trade him, unless they think they can't sign him. He's an R. He's a UFA after this year. I think. Yeah, he's also really good. <laughs> he's really good. So, I don't know. I think the Leafs have a lot of questions. Um, Dubas has a lot of work to do, and I hope he's... This is, this is the problem. He he knows the Marner contract is going to take a lot of his attention. That, that, that's what I'm a little worried about. I just hope it doesn't preoccupy his time. I, d- I doubt it does, but you never know. I'm hoping that you're you're passing that off to your like you're talking like I think that's why Shanahan's getting involved. Like if I'm the Leafs, Shanahan has to help do this in this regard and um and really just trying to set the agent straight. Just be to say, look, we got we want to. What does Marner want? Does he want to win? I mean, or does he? Wanna, no, I I mean it's. It's not even just does he want to win? Does he want to make it hard it's also, for the to does win? He, does he want to make money like outside of the rink? Does he want to play for fucking shit team like Carolina or the Islanders or where they can get like five thousand fans a night? Because there's no other team that's really got money that would make sense the that would be willing to give is, up that compensation. The only other team I can think is Detroit. That's it. Yeah. And oh. I, I doubt I, I would t- I would take four first rounders from Detroit. <laughs> and guess what? I guarantee uh, if I'm Eisman, I'm doing that to Braden Point. Not yeah, to... that's that's my guy. I'd go. I, I still don't know why that's not the number one talked about guy. Uh, Especially because you know how much it would hurt them. Yeah, because they have their stupid little bullshit. Oh, we have our income taxes, so take less money. It's like, no, how about you just pay me more money and I'll make more money? Yeah, well, unfortunately, there's a there's like a cult with Stamkos, Headman, and those guys to basically say you're taking you're you're we're keeping this core together. Because look, Stamkos. Signed... I mean, I don't have a problem with Stamkos. He's fucking been awful in the playoffs basically his whole career. So yeah, so. Um, 
with that being said, I think we have covered what I wanted to cover. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw out there? No, I don't think so. Okay. Nope. I th- yeah. Well, I <laughs> well because you know we're gonna we'll be going on forever if I want to do if we want to get through this all. But uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, just remember, cheer on the Raptors. They should be our, the number one priority in this city. Although we did talk about the Leafs, you notice they were second. There's just so much news, let's be honest. If yeah. the Leafs hadn't had 12 things leak in the last three days, we wouldn't be talking about them exactly. at all. So, um, hopefully the Raptors get one, at least one in Golden in uh, in Oakland. I think they can get two, um, especially with the way the Warriors are hobbling right now. I want them to win this on home court. I think it would mean so much if they won this on home court, but... You take the win. I don't give a fuck if they win on home court in the Bay, on the Sun, in Iraq, in Afghanistan. Just win. (laughs) I mean, I want them to win, but I I would love that moment in Toronto. But that's just me being selfish. I'm not being picky. I'll win in fucking six. I don't give a shit. I know. Well, with that being said, let's hope that we at least see Raptors win. Uh, We'll probably, if we if timing lines up, it could be. Our next podcast could come out before that happens, so hopefully we are able to do that. Uh, thank you, guys. Make sure you listen and uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. That's where we are. Thank you, Jake and Awesome, again for staying up as late as you did. I'm gonna go friggin' sleep, and then I'll edit this in the morning because I'm not about editing at two o'clock in the morning. It's not good for the. Brain. Thank you guys. Go to sleep and we will talk soon. Yep, sounds good. Have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.